Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, uh, I want to start by asking a quick question. How many of you, much like the Porman family, are quite disappointed in the fact that you're not currently able to watch the Summer Olympics? Anybody? All right, a couple of you in the room. Uh, if you didn't know, right, this was actually supposed to be the second week, I believe, of the Summer Olympics. And uh, in our family, it is, a, it is a thing when Summer Olympic time comes around, right? And uh, we love the Olympics. We love uh, all of the gymnastics. Well, the girls do. Well, the guys kind of do too, all right? But the gymnastics, all the beach volleyball, the diving, the swimming, all those kinds of things. And so we were really disappointed uh, because of the virus, all that kind of stuff that, of course, it had to get postponed until next summer. Um, and so um, that being said, uh, we are like Olympic kind of people. We like the Olympics a lot. And as I began to work on the teaching this week, I, uh, I started to think about the Olympics because, again, I was kind of disappointed, all kind of stuff. But then immediately my brain went to, of course, the best Olympic athlete of all time, which you could probably guess who I'm talking about. Who's to go ahead and say it? Oh, Hussein Bolt. That's a good one. But no, that's not who it was. Yes, but Phelps, right? I started to think about Michael Phelps, right? Uh, anybody know Michael Phelps at all? Yeah, right? Like, the, he is the man, all right? And I will tell you why I started to think about Michael Phelps in a minute, but I want you to take a look at a video that is, uh, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit about Michael Phelps. So take a look at this video. If you were to build the perfect swimmer, the finished product would look just like this. Michael Phelps stands six feet four with enormous wingspan of six feet seven, creating the elongated stroke that has broken 25 individual world the records. The Baltimore Bullet does it again. He has slaughtered the world record here. His size 14 feet might as well be flippers. Dinner plate size hands grab water like a pair of paddles. And the flex of double jointed elbows and knees adds an exaggerated range of motion. Phelps is also perfectly tall and short. He has the legs of a man who stands only about six feet, but the torso of someone about six feet eight. His short, sturdy legs provide ideal balance and a powerful kick, while a long upper body forms a sculpted V-shape that begins with wide shoulders and concludes with narrow hips and a flat backside. Put it together and you've got a human speedboat skimming water surface. Okay. Now, uh, my first thought that I uh, had when I watched that video was like, I'm pretty, pretty, I compare a lot to Michael Phelps. I, <laughs> I mean, I can kind of do this thing that he does, you know, that, that thing. But uh, no, I don't know if you caught it there at the end because the audio wasn't super great. But at the end, the commentator says this statement. It'll come up on the screen. Put it all together and you've got a human speedboat skimming the water's surface. No truer statement about anybody except for describing Michael Phelps, right? I mean, this guy is made to swim, right? I mean, this guy is made to swim. I think we would all agree with that as we've seen him in his career over the last several years. But even, even beyond his career, his medal count, right? 
Look, look, listen, listen to this. Uh, he's got 23 gold medals, three silver medals, and two bronze medals. He is the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time. This guy is made to swim. And I start with that today to ask this question. And this is what was in my brain as I was working on the teaching. I was thinking about the Olympics and Michael Phelps. Can you imagine if Michael Phelps would have never gotten into a swimming pool? Can you imagine if he would have never even learned how to swim? Can you even imagine that? Like, honestly, when I was thinking about Michael this week, I was thinking, I can't even imagine that because, right, the video said, like, his feet are like flippers. He's, and I don't even call it, they said that he has dinner plate size hands. I don't think I have dinner plate size hands, right? This guy is made to swim. And, and so as, as we know now, as we've seen his career and all those kinds of things, what, what we know now and what he knows now is no doubt um, that he has been made by God to swim. But here's the thing about that. When you think about that, and he, uh, even though he has been, uh, I think, made by God to swim, um, ultimately, right, he had a choice, didn't he? Ultimately, Michael Phelps had a choice, right? I mean, he could have decided a different path in life, right? He's kind of tall, so maybe he could have played basketball. He could probably grip a basketball with those dinner plates, right? So he had a choice to press in or not, to press into what we now know is a, is a talent given to him, albeit with a lot of work and skill and, and hard work as well, but a, a talent given to him by God. Well, I want to start with that today because uh, what, what I want to use that to, to lead us into our topic for the morning um, is this. What we're going to talk about today is um, essentially I want to challenge us today to be like Michael Phelps. And, and not in physical stature or, or getting us to a swimming pool, those kind of things, but ultimately to, if we haven't figured it out already, to figure out uh, what we are gifted by God to do in this life. And basically, folks, give our all to that thing. Because how many of you know that Michael Phillips had to give his all to swimming? Give our all to that. And so we're going to take this idea of Michael Phelps and say, hey, what would it look like for us to be more, a little bit more like Michael Phelps and figure out what we're gifted with, what we're called to do, and give our all to that? And so I want you to hold that thought. We are currently in a series here at Cornerstone called uh, Moral of the Story, exploring the, life -changing, uh, exploring the Life-Changing Parables of Jesus. And what we've been doing in this series each week is we've been looking at one of Jesus' extraordinary stories that he was told while he walked the earth. The Bible calls them parables. And ultimately, uh, our goal with this is to figure out what is the moral of the story? What is the thing that not only did it apply to those people back then, but what does it apply to us? How can we take what's in that story and use it for our uh, lives today? And so we're going to take a look at a story today, which is about some guys uh, who uh, some of them went deep and some of them not so deep in what they were uh, given and, and tapping into what they were given. And so let's take a look at it. It's in Matthew chapter 25, and uh, we're going to start in verse 14. There's actually several verses today, so hang with me, okay? So verse 14 says this. It says, again, again, this is where Jesus is telling this story. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another one, uh, to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. 
The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his uh, money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. A few more verses. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You should have at least put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so our title and a moral of the story that we're going to talk about today, we're going to explore, is ultimately figuring out our God, uh, our God giftings uh, and, and ultimately not just figuring them out, but, but doing something. This idea of do something with what we've been given. And so, and ultimately why that's important to do so, all right? And so that's where we're headed today. But before we jump in too much deeper, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll give you a couple things to think about. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the excitement of uh, what's to come in the next few weeks for Cornerstone. We thank you for um, the blessing of Shepherd's Heart Fellowship Church and allowing us to be here those last several months. And God, we thank you that... Um, you give us stories that we're going to read, that we've read today, and that we're going to talk about today that ultimately can have an impact in our lives. So, Father, we pray that as we dig deep into this today, that you would make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky, and supernatural things would stick to us, God. We'd be more like Jesus as a result of our time together. Whatever he was communicating in this parable, God, that we would grasp it and live it. Come, Holy Spirit, and teach us. God, we don't want to just waste the next couple of minutes together, but God, we really want you to change our lives and change our hearts. So we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, we have one point today. Uh, as we look at this idea of doing something, doing something with what we've been, giving, uh, been given ultimately to live uh, life to the fullest, all right? And so here it is. You can write it down if you want to take some notes. Fully living life requires understanding that we have something to offer the world. Understanding that we have something to offer the world. We've all been given something, folks, to contribute. It says in 15, verse 15 of the text, it says, to, each one he gave, uh, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. And then I underline this here, each according to his ability. And as I was studying this text, it was the first time that that, that part of the, the verse stuck out to me, right? Each according to his ability. Notice that the, even though there were different amounts that were giving to, given to each one of these servants, each one got something. 
So yes, there was, uh, there was uh, different amounts because like this, different people have different abilities and skills and might be asked to do something here and, and you wouldn't be able to do it, but they can do it and all those kind of things and you can do things that they can't do. All that. Yes, that's happened, but there's no indication in the text that anyone was left out. I actually... Um, uh, different versions of the Bible uh, often will now label this parable as the parable of the bags of gold. And I actually don't really like that title because uh, I like the, the title that I've always grown up with as it known as, is the, the parable of the talents. Now, if you don't know, a talent in biblical terms is defined as a weight and amount of money or, listen to this, or a gift. Ah, there it is. So this is not just a story about bags of gold and, and these guys got more and this guy didn't get more. No, this is, a, this is a, a story that has a deeper meaning for us, right? Like these stories, they would have had relevance for the people during the, the, the biblical times that Jesus was speaking to them and has relevance to us deeper than just, oh, they made some money and he didn't make any money. There's a deeper meaning. And the deeper meaning, folks, is that we look at the talents of this is that we all have been, every single one of us in the room, we have been given a God gifting from the holy God that was just for you. Each and every single one of us, according to his plans and his purposes, just for you, Eileen. Just for you, Zach. And since that is true, since God loved you and loved me so much that he gave us a talent, a gift that was just for us, we ought to be, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of yelling at you this morning, aren't I? Folks, if, if that is true, if a loving God would look at you and go, I'm going to put this in them, then we ought to be like the first or the second guy, not the third guy. And we, might, we ought to then put that thing to work for God. It says in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you, that's, there's that word again, each of you, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Folks, we can't just let this thing that God has planted in you, specifically just for you, to just sit there. We have to offer it to a hurting world. And let's be honest, can we talk about the fact that we, what do we need more than anything right now in 2020, folks? Jesus. So I was thinking about, like, in my life, what God has gifted me in and those kind of things and all that. And so I was thinking, you know, as many people as I was growing up were questioning where my twin brother Mike and I would land in life because we were um, a little outgoing and let's just say had a little bit of energy. And people were going, oh, I don't know where these guys are going to land. Being like that, folks, being, having energy and, and, and enthusiasm, you know, what that, you know what that is? That's a God gifting that is a God gifting, which by the way, side note, um, uh, ultimately, you know, sometimes like it, when you live with me, it can be a little irritating. Ask my wife, uh, she'll tell you. It gets a little irritating having the enthusiasm and playfulness sometimes. Um, but you know what that, uh, that energy and that enthusiasm has done? It's helped me gather people called Cornerstone Vineyard Church. Do you know without that, that we, we probably wouldn't be sitting here See, God has put something in me, right, that has allowed me to then be who he's created me to be and living in that gifting. As, I never sought out to be a pastor. God just has an interesting way of doing things. And so because of that enthusiasm, we are sitting here, Cornerstone Vineyard Church. 
I'm getting to use my God giftings. It's, it, it's what makes me a natural gatherer of people. And it's what most days, and when I don't get into like this whole like, hey, squirrel thing, right? And rabbit trails, it, it helps me most days to preach and teach and stand up here in front of you and do what I'm doing this morning. I'm getting to use my God giftings. And so maybe you're sitting there, yeah, but Matt, that's you and, and that's whatever. I don't really know about me. Um, the reality is, folks, maybe for you, it might be, it might be something completely different. Maybe, maybe it's like working with your hands. Maybe you're a person who has been gifted by God to work with your hands. I was thinking about our project manager for our building project, Chris Elmrick. He'll be a picture of him will come up. Man, I tell you what, this guy has done a phenomenal job with our building. And uh, he blows me away with... Uh, when you say, hey, Chris, we got to figure this out. And he's like, hey, I think that I can do this, this, this. He just comes up with something super creative. And then when it actually gets done, it looks good. When I do that, which I try, right? I will try. When I do that, this is what uh, happens when I try to do things that are creative right here. So when I, when I was thinking about all this God gifting stuff this week, right, I was thinking about Chris and the fact that God has not gifted me with the be, I, I can do certain things, but I am not gifted necessarily by God to be the working with my hands guy. But you know who is? Chris is. And you know what Chris is doing right now to expand his, his God giftings? He's actually working on the church. So again, maybe that's not you. So I made a list. So maybe for you, it's your, your uh, and this, is, this is, describes my wife to a T, maybe you're uh, really good at an administrative office type stuff, the stuff that wants me to jab a pen in my eye, right? You're good at that stuff though. That stuff just, uh-uh. Maybe that's your stuff. Or, um, or you're super creative. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're doing really good at art or drawing or music or creating video content or, or writing blogs and or, uh, you're just good at being very creative. That's, that's a God gifting for you. Or, or maybe you're a really great listener and, and people just, you just are able to listen to them and give them, like just sit with them and, and, and be with them and have compassion with them. Maybe that's your gifting. Or maybe it's gifts, uh, gifting uh, by acts of service and, and serving other people or leading other people or being a mom or being a dad or being a foster parent, teaching, playing a sport. The, folks, we, the reality is we can all, if we look in our lives enough, we can pinpoint something that God has given to us. He is a good, good father who wants good things for you and has given you good things. Can I get an amen? So, with all of that, we have to do something with that. We have to do something with all of that if a good God's been given that to us. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for God, for, for we are God's handiwork, just talked about that, created in Christ Jesus to do, notice that, do good works. Not think about them, not imagine them, but to do good works. Folks, that, that, the, there, there might be a gifting in you, a gifting in me, that, that one gift that maybe we've put on the shelf and we're, and we're not using right now. There may be that, that may be the one gift that you have that God has created you to be. Think about that for a minute. You, if you've put something on the shelf, God may have literally designed you specifically more than anything else about that thing, and right now it's sitting on a shelf. And it could have an impact on other people. Like if we go back to me for just a second, folks, I can't imagine my life doing anything else right now. 
I literally can't think of my, my life doing anything else. And I'm pretty confident that there's been a good work that has happened in my life and in so many of you over the last year. So I think it's something to think about when we think about what's in us. Folks, if there happens to be anything on the shelf, like we ought to consider the fact that who knows what good work we're actually then putting on the shelf with it in ourselves and for other people. It could be why we're created. Jeremiah 1, uh, 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. What I want to try to get out this morning, folks, is fully living a life, getting the most out of it for us and for other people. It requires understanding that we have from the beginning, that before we even took a breath, we have been set apart by a holy God for a specific purpose. And then when we grasp that, when we live in that, guess what happens? When we live in that stream and we're not wasting the giftings that God has given us, folks, that is when true fulfillment comes in. It actually is even in our text in verse 21. It says, his master replied, well done and good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I've put you, I will put you in charge of many things. And it says, unlearn this, come and share your master's happiness. See, when we're living in this stream of the giftings of God that he's put inside of us, that is where true fulfillment comes in this life. We can chase so many other things, but, but when we live in this stream with God at the forefront of what we're doing and living in those giftings, folks, that's where true fulfillment, happiness, and joy comes in. How many of you want more of that in your life? Yes, sir. I do. But here's the other thing. If we don't live in that stream, life's gonna get tough. Right? It's in our text as well, right? This is verse 30 of this, speaking of the servant who buried the, the master's gold, didn't do anything, right? It says in verse 30, it says, throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not so good. And so I don't know about you, I want, I want this strain rather than this one. But it's gonna take us figuring out what our giftings are and living in that and giving our all to that. And I think this makes sense to us because, um, actually, I'm going to put something up on the screen. Uh, you can write this in if you're taking notes. Our life has a profitable expectation. Write that in. If you put, write that down somewhere if you want to. Our life has a profitable expectation. Folks, we are supposed to have a profitable outcome of our life. A conclusion, a, 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 an ending. We are not meant to live 80 plus years in this life and just consume and consume and consume. Life is much more about a process of, of building and giving back. Leaving, what's our, what positive mark are we going to leave on our world? That's what our life is supposed to be. And it's honestly something I think that God places in us. It's why um, when there's a, there's a point in every person's life, and I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I'm going to be turning 40 this year, so I might actually get there, um, where there's a point in everybody's life where they start to think about uh, and consider, some even have an obsession with a legacy. And, and ultimately, what legacy am I leaving behind? What, what, things, uh, what things am I going to leave behind me? And so there's a point in everybody's life where we get to that point. That's why there's countless blogs about it, video content, TED Talks, books, all that kind of stuff. Because we, there, there's something inside of us from our own human nature that we want to leave something better, a positive mark on our world. It's in us. And so life has a profitable expectation, not only from God, but from our own selves, Right? 
It says in John 15, 16, it says, you, uh, you did not choose me, sorry, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that, look at this, you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so we've been chosen from the beginning of time by God, and it's in us to have a profitable expectation. And honestly, even on the simplest of levels, it says back in our text in verse 27, it says, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Now, this, in the story, this is the bare minimum that, the, that the, um, the servant could have done. And the servant didn't even do that. He wasted even that opportunity in what he was given. And so our question for this morning is do we have any of that in us right now? And I think it's a good question to ask ourselves, folks. Do we, do we have any, even from the smallest to the largest, is there any of us, anything in us that's doing the same and, and, and we're just wasting even the slightest of opportunity because maybe, uh, maybe we just don't have time or, I mean, what, what other excuses we could make, Right? I think it's important for us to regularly evaluate and reevaluate our, our God giftings because sometimes, right, like we might gain new ones as we do life, right? We, we, we grow up and we mature. There might be something now that we have that we didn't have, right? But I think it's also important because we, we, might, we might go, oh man, I put that thing on the shelf. I didn't even realize I put it on the shelf. I don't know about you, but I want, I want folks, we... I think you agree with me. We want our life to count, don't we? We want it to count. And so it's important for us to evaluate and, and evaluate even uh, and press into the things that might even be a little bit scary. If we look back at the story, the, the, the fear is what debilitated the servant, right? It says in verse 25, it says, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. He let fear debilitate his ability to, to, to take what he was given and actually go do something with it. Folks, we can't let fear keep us from the mark we're supposed to leave, God's mark we're supposed to leave on this world. So back to me for a minute. How many of you uh, think that Lee and I were a little bit scared to plant this church? Absolutely. Can I tell you something? Like, uh, I actually felt a tug on my heart a couple of years ago to do this. And be, I, I would tell you that I probably let a sense of fear actually get to me a little bit in the midst of that because I felt it, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And it's because like I had, to, I left the, the security of a ministry job I was in for 10 plus years, part of a church for 13, 14 years, right? There was a lot of security there. We had no, literally no idea, right? Who would come along with us? Where would we meet? What would it look like? Would I even be able to make money? My brother-in-law actually said to me when we told the family, he goes, um, so what are you going to do for money? And I was like, I don't know, right? I had no idea. There was, it was a scary moment in the midst of that, right? But can I tell you, oh, what would have been wasted if Lee and I wouldn't have pressed through the fear, what would have been wasted? Folks, we just a couple weeks ago, we baptized 20 people in this pool, right? So I'm getting chills, which usually means the Holy Spirit's doing something. Who knows where we're gonna go for the next few minutes. Um, there's something there, folks. 
Like if you, if you are fearful and it's because it's, there's like a little unknowns and all that kind of, maybe there's massive unknowns and we've got to press through. If God said, this is your gifting, yes, it's going to be fearful, go for it, then we've got to press through. We've got to go. I always think about um, Moses when I think about this idea, right? Because Moses, if you know the story of Moses, uh, and you can check out this story in Exodus chapter four on your own time this week if you want to, but um, many of you know he was like the leader for the Israelites out of the Exodus, right? Uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and in Exodus chapter four, um, God's calling him to be this leader and, and really basically he's fearful, okay? He's quite fearful. And uh, he's making every excuse in the book, Moses is, right? Uh, I was looking it up this week and he was like, um, hey God, what if they don't follow me? Um, hey, I don't really speak all that well, so uh, maybe you should find somebody else. And God continues to press him and press him, even does these really cool, miraculous things. Look it up this week. It's really a cool story. He does these miracles right in front of Moses to say, hey, Moses, I got, dude, you just have to go, go and I got this. It's not about you, Moses. It's about what I'm putting in you. Just go. I think it's a great picture, this Moses thing, which, which now, like, Moses is one of those people we go, whoa, he was like one of the main dudes of the Bible, right? And he had to press through a fear of his God gifting to get there. I'm ready to wind down here. Uh, when I got to this point in my teaching prep this week, I, I started to think about um, actor Will Smith. Some of you guys know Will Smith. Um, over the last few months, Will has um, uh, stopped producing movies and, and um, music and stuff and, and is uh, basically doing more like inspirational social media stuff. And, uh, and I, I was thinking about a quote he said um, that'll come up on the screen. Now, you gotta, I'll be, this was after he jumped out of a helicopter over the Grand Canyon, okay? But he says this. He says, life is hard. Your heart might get broken. You might lose your job, but you still gotta commit. Don't hesitate. Go, commit. You gotta commit. You might get hurt. You might lose something, but you can't, listen, listen, listen. But you can't experience the joy that is intended for you in life if you don't go. You gotta go. Whether you like Will Smith or not, that's a pretty good quote. Because we gotta commit. And, and because if it's in, how many of you know that God wins every time? So if, he, if God put it in you, guess what? You're going to win if you go with him every time. And so, yes, there might be some scary moments. There might be some fear in the midst of it, but he has given something to us. We got to commit. We got to go. We got to commit. We got to go. Otherwise, guess what we're going to do is we're going to leave Matt Porman's mark on the world rather than God's mark on the world. And I don't know about you, but I don't want Matt Porman's mark on the world. I want God's. So there you go. It was a little intense this morning. I apologize. There's a point this morning. Fully, live, fully living life requires understanding that we, folks, we have something. We have something. You have something. I have something to offer the world, and we need to offer it to them today, tomorrow, every day. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.